0: Welcome to the Tate Wheeler Podcast, a podcast about inspiration, perspective, and purpose. Let's do this. The naysayer. We all have little voices in our heads. Some are helpful and some are not. There is one in mine that's been laughing at me a little this week, telling me I really have no business being here at the Worlds. There's no qualifying. There's no nominations. You just sign up. Show up and go. But that little voice, I know it's wrong. I've worked hard at this sport and I've won and lost like everyone else on those mats. I've proven to myself by showing up day after day and competing as much as I can that win or lose, I belong in that place, that arena. That through the anxiety and fear that I haven't done enough or aren't good enough or don't deserve this or that, I also know that those thoughts are just illusions. They try to protect me from being disappointed from failure, but they are folly. This path is built stone by stone, lifting one up and placing it down over and over despite the inner turmoil and thoughts every competitor has. Every little deposit into the bank account makes you better. Just show up. Just do your best. Be the hardest worker. You can do that. Do one more role after class every day. You can do that. Don't listen to your own naysayer. He will be there. He's always heckling. You can acknowledge him and laugh at him a little for he knows nothing. Don't trust him. Trust the other voices. You know that know the truth. You belong. And if this was easy, everyone would do it. But they don't. And give them hell. T.J. Kreitzer is a 20-year military veteran, a graduate of the Air Force Academy, a former F-16 fighter pilot. He's also the president, vice president of the We Defy Foundation, He's a husband, he's a father, he's a jiu jitsu addict and an all around great guy. You wrote that naysayer at 3 a.m. on the morning of the Jiu Jitsu World Championship in 2018. Take me to that moment
1: and how that tournament unfolded. Well, so we, uh, we had a team there from here from Minnesota um, in Vegas at this World Championship. And I'd been there for a couple days watching the, the best Jiu Jitsu practitioners in the world. Uh, in this competition, watching my teammates go, and it's it's a competition based on different experience levels and weights and and ages. So you're in a bracket with you know your your peers, but it's the World Championships, and I signed up. and That that morning, uh, when it was going to be my turn to go, the second to last day of the competition, I woke up at three a.m. thinking to myself, "What am I doing here? Why Why did I even? I don't belong here. I have no business being at the World Championships." And I kind of, that line of thought, I laughed at myself. Like, this is ridiculous what I'm trying to do. And then um, I thought, maybe, you know, I really just need to go out there and maybe just try to have fun. Mm-hmm. That's a starting point. Because this is crazy. What I'm going to do here is, I have no business being here. The more I thought about it, the more I thought that, that was actually not true. And, and I know that I have worked as hard as everybody else that's there. I've lost many times. So there's no reason to fear losing. I've won times that could happen today, too. So I got into this back and forth in my own head. And for the next several hours, uh, after about probably 45 minutes of thinking, I actually wrote that um, over a couple hours on my little phone trying to type right on Facebook and all this stuff. And um, I finally when I had it just right, I hit post kind of scared about what everybody was going to think, but it helped me clear my brain. And uh, it was about seven o'clock in the morning at that point, so I lost four hours of good sleep in the morning. And on uh, the morning of the on the morning of the world championship, so I go and I, I weigh in and I get there. And I get on the mats and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I have one match. It's this one. This is like the next game. Like you talk, like what do the football players say? Well, how many? How many? You know, what what's the next game? How many games you got to win? We got to win mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went into it. I thought if I could win one match at the world championship, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. So I went out there. And I won a match. And I was so excited because I actually did. I did it. I, w- I won a match at the World Championship. Yeah. And they had another match. And I won that match. And uh, and before I knew it, I was in the, the final match. And the, and guy, the gold medal match. In the gold medal match and, for the World Championships. And the opponent was this really tall guy. is 160 pounds like me, but I'm a little shorter. And this guy was probably 6'2". I don't know how he, how he cut weight for this. But I've been watching his other matches, and he... He was not being aggressive. He was just defending takedowns and eventually scoring points on guys when, when they finally, you know, got onto the ground. So I went in there and I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to try not to, I'm not going to take a shot at him. I'm just going to try to move him or get around him or get behind him. That's, that's my normal game anyway. So as this goes, we go for three minutes and he's not shooting on me and I'm not shooting on him and nobody's able to get any sort of positional advantage. And I just thought, well, at this point, nothing is working. I have to start taking risks. So I thought, if I blast double leg takedown him and knock him off the mat, he can't react to me, he can't sprawl on me, he can't defend it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to look like the aggressor. So if I can get five good shots on him in the next two minutes and he doesn't do anything, I'm going to win. So that's what I started doing. And the first time I, I blasted us halfway into the next mat, I just went for it. And uh, and it worked. And then we we came back to the mat, so we set up and we, st- we did it again. I didn't get quite as far that time. And then he tried to start defending a little bit. But we kept—we uh, never went to the ground in five minutes in a jiu-jitsu wow. match. And um, at the end, when time expired, the referee raised my hand. There were no points scored, and it was ref's decision on who, who was the, who's the winner, who's the champ. And it was me. <laughs> the world champion. Somehow. <laughs> Man,
0: and I, what I love so much about that story is in that moment, you're able to stop worrying about failure and start thinking about what happens if i don't what happens if i don't give my best what happens if i don't try and i th- i think about that voice that you talked about in the naysayer and we all hear that voice we all experience self doubt we all experience fear we all we all think you know think about failure and it's what we do to overcome that voice and i know your background with the military makes it hard to overcome that voice
1: yeah and you know what? I- as a uh, as a fighter pilot, failure is considered to be an abhorrent thing, and we train and try to get better. You know, we, we debrief each other, but the uh, the mistakes uh, the 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 risks are so high. You know, the cost is so high when you if you were to make a, a mistake. And I think that uh, because of that, we in the military tend to forget how to or never learn how to use failure as a tool as a tool to get better. And I think if I had done jiu-jitsu before I was a fighter pilot, I would have been a better fighter pilot. Because with jiu-jitsu, you fail constantly. Every single class. You know, after class, you'll roll with guys. That's a live sparring match maybe four or five times. And you're repeatedly losing. And you have to stand up and do it again and do it again and do it again. And it's, it makes you crazy. And the first year, you know, you never win a match the first year. You know, and you see, But you keep coming back. You find reasons to keep coming back. And over time, you get better and better. But you start to learn to use failure as a tool and you start to realize that failure isn't necessarily that big of a deal. And I think with the military, we were so afraid to fail that we'd end up spending brain power, you know, worrying about the failing part and not worrying about actually executing. you were so scared. There was this stress level, this higher stress level, because if I fail this could happen or what this terrible, there'll be this catastrophic consequence. And that's not an effective way to execute. You have to learn how to let that go and use those little failures either as motivation or as a way to get better in what you're trying to execute with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think
0: so many of us look at failure as the opposite of success or achievement. And really it's all a part of it. Failure is a part of success like what you're just talking about is those, those failures you're learning and you're growing and you're creating small momentum each time that you fail, you can create momentum because you just get, you
1: learn, you learn, you learn, you grow. Well, and you don't always feel good about it. And that's okay. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, we, we get so focused on, am I happy? Am I happy in what I'm doing right now? And, mm-hmm. the, and in life, we're, we're not always going to be happy. And the goal in life is not to be happy. That's an unrealistic expectation that I will always be happy. You have to get through the hard times. You have to know that this, this might suck right now, but it's only for now. And there are going to be things that I can find from this to apply to the next time to hopefully make it get better. And I think that's, that's the point. You know, that, that's the important part of using, using these failures as uh, little, little ways to um, improve and to find a way to get better for the next time so you can achieve that that happy moment or that goal that you set mm-hmm. and accept that, hey, negatives, you know, failures, those things are going to happen. It's part of the road. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And I, I want to take that right into, you know, a, a group that you work with with the We, we Defy Foundation. For those of you that don't know the, the we, we Defy Foundation, it provides therapeutic relief to disabled veterans through jiu-jitsu. And I love that mission. It tells, you know, it talks about how community and brotherhood and bond can help overcome PTSD or other disabilities
1: connected to military combat. Can you can you talk a little bit more about... Yeah, can you know, it, with the uh, military community, when uh, you leave the military, you've left behind a group of people that you considered, you know, your brothers and sisters. I mean, that you were very close to, and you have a, a very specific identity as a military member or as a veteran and when you leave that's all gone and for many people everything they think they were is behind them and they don't know how to operate now uh, with without that's that familiar surrounding Uh, if you look at our culture today one to three percent of people are going to serve in the military seven percent have served at some time and 20 percent of suicides in America are veterans and a lot of that number is because of that this transition period that is really difficult for a lot of a lot of people to have. So what we try to do with we defy foundation is present folks with a uh, with a community that shares the warrior ethos that they had when they're in the military. Now it's a combat sport, but it's safe and you know you're doing a fitness activity. We all know how important fitness is for mental health uh, with the human touch aspect of jiu-jitsu even though we're You know, it's a combat art. But when you touch someone, the chemical processes that go on in your brain, they they create the same bonds that they do as when you touch your kid's face. So you're you're creating these same types of bonds with all these other people, especially when that wasn't there before. Well, that's important. It's important for how you relate to people. The accountability in in jiu-jitsu and the structured environment has a lot of similarities to the military in terms of rank, in terms of a syllabus, in terms of expectations and how you're going to progress. That's something that I have a VA uh, mental health practitioner friend of mine who said that he thinks that that component of jiu-jitsu helps give veterans the feeling that they have control of their life again because they might have come home and might be trying to find a civilian job and maybe their family is really struggling with whatever they're dealing with coming back, you know, whether it's PTSD or a serious injury, things like that. And all these things are in in upheaval. But then they find this gym, they find this community, and they start to know that there's something they can count on Mm -hmm. and they can keep coming back to. And that becomes an anchor for them. Mm -hmm. The community itself, um, you've got everything from soccer moms to high school dropouts to high school kids to lawyers to pilots, airline pilots. My gym has three airline pilots in it. You know, all these different people with different backgrounds but they share that, that warrior ethos. And that's a way that veterans start to understand that they can actually relate to people on the outside. That's the hardest thing, I think, is this, this alienation that they often put themselves into um, inadvertently, but it's something that ends up happening. There's something so powerful that you said there because we all have a story.
0: Veterans have a story, and, and the people they interact with In jujitsu have a story and I think that's that bond in that community that's what you're talking about there is that that connection between not only is the veteran that's going through that struggle both physically and mentally have a story so does the person that that soccer mom you referenced the high school dropout the airline pilot we all have a story how does that connection
1: help but the thing that I think a lot of folks when they come back from the military they don't know That civilians are going to be able to understand their story. And they feel very alone because of it. And when you become a part of a supportive community like that, and you have an anchor, you learn that, like you said, everyone has a story. And everyone is dealing with something. And even though they may not have shared your experiences, you start to understand that everybody needs to relate to other people and that you can trust them and you can do that. And even with jiu-jitsu, this is kind of interesting about jiu-jitsu is when you start tapping out because someone's choking you, you trust that they're going to stop when you tap. And there uh, there's one story about a veteran um who started doing jiu-jitsu that said that when he was in the desert, you know, when you're surrounded by people that you can't trust including the kids because the kids are the kids are throwing rocks or they're throwing rocks with razor blades taped to them, Hmm. or they're trying to stick you in the leg with a hypodermic needle and other things like that, you stop trusting. And he said that learning to tap and stopping the attack, especially because he had PTSD and knowing and trusting that person was going to stop helped him learn how to trust people that weren't in the military again. And that's his words, you know, that was, that's not something I made up. That's what he said he's benefiting from in this practice. Wow. Man, that's powerful. That's powerful. I've always believed that if
0: something doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And what you're talking about is something that challenges you both physically and mentally and and you won the world championships at 41 years old. And so many of us look at our life like our best years are behind us. And I'm I'm a believer that the the best is yet to come if you have the right mindset. How, what drives you both physically and mentally
1: right now to continue to push yourself? I think if if I look back at the stuff I've done, you know, I, I did go to the Air Force Academy. I got to be a fighter pilot. I I did a, a lot of unique things that were extremely challenging and took a lot of drive. And when I left the military and, uh, you know, I had a, an airline job, I wasn't in that, that same environment anymore, that same high pressure, uh, you know, achieve, achieve, achieve environment. So I actually got... Uh, into martial arts because I I think I was kind of searching for something and I didn't even quite realize it. But once I saw the opportunity was there, I started to push the envelope on it and I started to go train as much as I could. I trained, uh, you know, at first two or three times a week. My body would get banged up, but my body got stronger and I started losing weight and I started making different decisions. Like I was going to eat different. Maybe I was going to drink a little less. And I started making decisions that were consistent with excelling in this particular activity. And that's something with jujitsu that all people, it always happens to people. They come in, they say, I can't, I can't do jujitsu. I'm not in shape. I have to get in shape first. And you I hear that every day. You get in shape for jujitsu by doing jujitsu, And that's something that happens to people when they yeah. come in these gyms. And for jujitsu as an activity, I think combat sports as an activity, there's this accountability system that, and mm. it's not, mean accountability it's not people getting in your face it's support mm-hmm. it's people that want it that know what they have started to achieve mm-hmm. and they've seen you start to achieve it too and when you don't show up they want you to be there and i, th- I think that's what helps is when mm-hmm. you're there for each other it's just like that everybody has a story mm-hmm. everybody's dealing with something you're learning to be there for each other well how did i i didn't win the world championship on my own i had a team mm-hmm. i had a team of people that were there training with me every day that helped me to get better that allowed me to believe that this wasn't a completely ridiculous idea, that mm-hmm. I should go mm-hmm. and try. And that's, that's what it takes. Just, you just keep trying. And uh, I think when I look at what I've accomplished before, and I'm 40, I probably got another 40 years, and uh, I, we're always reinventing ourselves. We're always different. I think that that's something that veterans can learn from this program is that what's behind them, it is behind. And all you can do is look forward and move forward, and who knows what you can accomplish yet? There's so much more to do. There's so many things you learn through life. You just become more and more complete, a complete person. That's I think that's the why it's important to look forward. You can't you can't sit in the past. You have to keep moving forward. And do you think that
0: challenging yourself in a in a physical way, I mean without I, I, I believe that without some struggle, there is no progress. And so challenging yourself, whether that be physically, mentally, on a, a level where both parents
1: like, how does that all tie together in that mix? I think with with parenting, you know, I I don't want Finn to be happy all the time. I I want him to this learn, is your six year old, my six year old. And I don't want him to, I want him to struggle sometimes, but I want him to figure it out. I don't want to be the one that comes in and makes everything okay. And I think my it is not my job as a parent to make sure he's always happy. It's my job as a parent to make sure he's equipped to deal with the hardships in life, so he can get to that good place and and make those accomplishments. Because those things do not come without hardship. You have to get past it. You have to learn from it and apply it to the next round. And that's you know that that's what you have to do. And if all we're focused on is being happy, we're always going to run. From those challenges and that fight or flight system we have in us that's keyed to look for threats you know we're gonna we're gonna identify something as a threat and run from it when we should be staring it in the face and saying i'm uncomfortable i'm feeling the anxiety i don't like how i'm feeling but i know i can stand here Mm -hmm. and i can take these punches you know and i can weather this storm and get back and get out on the other side because there's going to be something better and if i never do that i never learn how to do that i won't achieve I won't be able to move forward. I won't be able to make the next 40 years like the last 40 were. Mm-hmm. You have to keep pushing. Yeah, that's so powerful. It's like
0: in in fitness, I mean, you know this. I mean, it's it's one in training, it's, you know, one match at a time, you know, like, like you did at the world championship. You take it one match at a time. You reference football. It's one play at a time, one game at a time. You're not overlooking the next opponent, but some of us, we just have to look at our day-to-day life. It's one day at a time. We're going to have challenging days and we're going to have great days, but how do you take it that one day at a time? And to break it down that into a super micro level, it's sometimes it's, we got to get that voice that you talked about earlier in the naysayer. It's like you got to take it one minute at a time at different times, uh, you know, 10 minutes at a time. Have a good one minute of thought. How can that shift your perspective? I want you to, to close out with just you have tons of experience. I mean, we, you, have, you have your experience as a fighter pilot. You have your experience in jujitsu, learning to fail. Learning to grow, learning to get back up off the mat after you're dripping and you just got crushed. And then, and, and on, the, on the high end, achieving the world championship. What would you want our audience to take away from this conversation? What would you want them, you know, that, that lift of encouragement that you'd want to give them?
1: I think everybody, we already said, it, everybody has that naysayer. I mean, that's, that is a real thing. Everybody's got that voice. And you have to learn how to ignore. That voice, or put it in perspective, and we're built uh, to deal with threats, and that voice is, is a threat. It makes us feel like that is the most important thing we have to think about, and it's we the louder to, voice. And it's the louder voice, and we have to stop the bad things that from happening. That's that's not productive. That's fear, and that's anxiety, and that does not lead us to our best. So we have to accept that that voice is there. But we have to listen to the other voices. Every time the one that says, "Hey, I'm over here, and I think you can do it." And I think it won't be that bad if you screw it up. That's the voice to listen to. Because it's in there too, but it's not as loud. So you got to listen real hard and ignore the naysayer.
0: Man, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. (laughs) Both you and I love the Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. Let me read that real quick for the audience. It is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. TJ, I appreciate you so much for hopping on the podcast with me. We're all better for it. Everyone listening, don't be afraid to be the man who or the woman in the arena. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you share it with a friend and hit the subscribe button. Can't
1: wait to connect with you again soon.